We Infuse Podcast, episode number 36. Welcome to the We Infuse Podcast. My name is Dylan McCabe, and in every episode, we give you a seat at the table as we talk with Infusion Center owners and operators and industry experts so that you can get the insights you need to grow and streamline your own practice. Now, in this episode, I'm going to talk with Steve Watkins. He's the Executive Vice President of Zeno Solutions, and prior to being with Zeno, he has founded a couple of different healthcare companies and been the CEO at the helm of companies that have been acquired and and done really well. So he brings a lot of seasoned experience as a, an executive, as an entrepreneur, and also as somebody who's an expert in the realm of infusion. Specifically, we're going to talk about with infusion pumps. So this episode is really going to be everything you need to know about infusion pumps to make an educated decision on whether or not you should incorporate infusion pumps in your practice, how to know the difference between different brands, and really just how to make an educated decision that I think could give you a great ROI, reduce stress, and streamline your processes for your nurses and your patients. All right, let's jump into this conversation with Steve from Zeno Solutions. All right. As I mentioned, we have special guest on the show today, Steve Watkins. He's the Executive Vice President and General Manager of Zeno Solutions. So, Steve, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. First time I've ever done a podcast. I've appeared in front of investors on Wall Street and TV, but never a podcast. So, I'll stumble through it. <laughs> oh well, you're you're in good company. I've I've had a lot of people say that before we before we get into it. So um, before you know, it's it's really neat because we haven't really had a deep dive on uh, pumps and infusion workflow as far as from that standpoint. So before we get into that and the different solutions that people can learn about, kind of give us a little bit of knowledge on your background and how you got into this industry. Okay. Originally, I was a nuclear medicine technologist, uh, promoted to chief tech, and then had gone into sales. So from that, I was actually the original founder of Infusystem. We are the largest provider of oncolytical pumps in the country. We are also part of the PRN group, which was the largest supplier of oncolytical drugs way back then. Uh, Cardinal ended up purchasing PRN services. But Infusystem grew. I was the founder and CEO for about 15 years. And then iFlow purchased us. Uh, iFlow was the maker of the OnQ, the elastomeric devices. So besides having pump experience, now I've got 10 years with iFlow as both an officer and president of the uh, MQ system side. So I understand elastomerics, IV pumps, et cetera. Um, and during that time, I, we also branched out. We opened up a pharmacy. So as a principal in a pharmacy, we had biomed services. We also acquired a billing service for doctors and DMEs. So Besides infusion, I've got biomed repair services, um, leasing company services, billing. So I've got a whole gamut of, of things like that. Um, anyway, I took a actually retired for nine and a half years. And during that time, I did a lot of consulting for different companies. But one of the most rewarding was I did a consulting for a company that set up nursing agencies and home health care agencies across the country and hospices. And we had a legal division, which I found very interesting. And that's when the government started doing all their ADRs, their RACs, their ZPICs, et cetera. So got that legal experience as well as just understanding how the Medicare and the government work as far as audits and what they're looking for and uh, how they're you know, finding companies and what the corrective actions were. So quite a bit of everything there. And then um, Medicare came along with their changes in the Medicare ruling for 
home infusion devices, specifically ambulatory pumps with their what's called SC1609, uh, which says that now it's an incident too. It's not to be built separate as a DME. So I, um, with Zeno, I had told uh, the owner, I said, you know, this is going to change your marketing. Are you familiar with it? And he had said no. Uh, so I explained it to him. So he asked me to present to his uh, his sales team, at, and I did. We went to the national sales meeting, presented to it. So he invited me back to Natick, which is just outside Boston, to show me what they were working on. And I kept seeing so many new innovative ideas uh, that would help patients and nurses. It was very exciting, uh, things that they were working on, uh, as well as some existing products that they were enhancing, a lot of different directions they had at that time i think over 80 engineers working on projects which for r&d for a smaller company was phenomenal um for one of the major pump companies they do the conductivity from the emr to the uh drug dispense i'm sorry from the drug dispensing machine to the pole mounted pump and back to the emr completing that whole cycle and it was all new technology uh didn't realize they were the ones doing it so a lot of exciting things. So they offered me a position uh, and said, "You, we want you to be the strategic thoughts behind what we're doing. So I accepted the job and said, I'll do it for a year. Just have fun. I've been retired and it's been three and a half years now and I'm still here because a lot of new things in the works and a lot of things that they are working on. So, and their biggest background is LVPs, uh, large volume pumps and ambulatory pumps, as well as other devices that they are currently working on. So, uh, Quite a, quite a varied experience. It's been fun. It's been a great ride. I've seen the changes in Medicare rulings over 35 years as how, how it affects everybody. And I've got a chance to lobby in Washington as well as present in Washington, the Medicare committees to see how they work. So got a very diverse background, but for our customers, that translates into understanding their pain points, how to solve the pain points. Um, gives me a lot of knowledge. When they start talking about audits, I can understand or repair bills. I understand what goes into it, as well as, you know, CapEx, you know, costing the uh, expense for these pumps and things like that. And how's it going to help them in their clinics and their day-to-day operations? So just uh, summing it up, just a wide variety of backgrounds here. And as I said, it's been a fun ride. So anyway. Yeah, that is a, I mean, that's a vast experience that you bring to the table there from, from as, you know, founding more than one company CEO. So you're bringing the perspective of an executive looking at costs and scalability. You're also bringing an engineering perspective, getting really deep on that side. And like you mentioned, the legal issues in the industry. And I, I think that's, that's really neat that now you're in a position where you're just obviously operating in your experience and in your strengths from a strategy perspective uh, for the, you know, the decisions in the path for Zeno. And like you said, understanding those pain points, that's, that's just really cool. So let's get into that. Let's talk about those pain points with somebody maybe just starting in an ambulatory infusion center or running an infusion practice, and maybe they've not used pumps and they want to consider using pumps. And here we go. You know, you're, whether it's using pumps or buying a new air conditioner for your home, you, you go into research mode and you're presented with all these options. And if you're not seasoned like you are, it's really difficult to wade through the options and know the pros and cons. So how would you start with a new customer that says, look, we've got, you know, six chairs, what we're doing now is fine, but we've 
had talks with a few people and they said we should consider pumps. What are those initial thoughts or what's what's the process to, to work through uh, from that standpoint? Well, the first and biggest roadblock or hindrance is, you know, they started up a, an infusion center and they've spent a lot of money doing that. Now we're coming along with infusion pumps that are a capital cost for them. Uh, so, you know, they're a little bit hesitant at first, but what they don't realize is what pumps can do is increase your throughput. You can see more patients. And by that, I mean, let's say you're using a gravity or dial flow. The nurse goes over, sets up the dial flow, uh, walks away, and she's taking care of another patient. Well, the therapy ends and the nurse is still taking another care of another patient. She doesn't realize that therapy has ended where the pump will alarm and say, therapy's over. And so you can pause what she's doing with that patient, walk over, do a quick DC and get that patient on, on their way. Two things happen here. Number one, the nurse is more efficient with her time. But number two, that patient started at nine, expected to be done at 10. They are done at 10. Um, it just makes it increases that throughput. We have a, a large group that has insisted on pumps, and they were going to do a white paper for us, but CV19 hit us. That they, The reason they do pumps is they can add one or two more patients per site per day just because of the efficiency. What we've done is have uh, for our pumps, and I'm, and I'm not making a plug here, but we did a simple thing. We listened to what the nurses have their big pain points. And one of them is if we have, let's say, five or 10 chairs and pumps are beeping, we don't know which pump is beating. You know, it's stretched out. So we got to go patient to patient to patient. So we have a little plug in blue or red light, depending on, on your taste of colors, and it flashes. So it lets the nurse know that, hey, there's something with this pump being an occlusion or the patient's therapy has ended or whatnot. So simple things like that, but it increases the throughput, which increases the revenue, which increases patient satisfaction, as well as helping the nurses know. Nurses also, if we're doing something like a 10-step protocol, they're doing a dial flow, they've got to stop what they're doing because the patient's you know, first step is done, go over and change the parameters, come back, start you know, working with another patient. Oh, now I got to go back and change, change it again. Where the pumps, at least our pumps, we can do that. We can program a protocol in there that's a 10-step, and it automatically does that. So all the nurse has to do is just kind of make sure the patient's doing fine, a quick glance at them, or how's it going, Mr. Smith? So it allows that, as well as we can pre-program the pump to do certain protocols that they want. They have a protocol they do quite often. They just go up, put the IV tubing through the pump, connect the patient, and then just basically dial in, you know, let's just say it's ketamine or something like that. They have a standard formulary, the pump starts going, and they can go on and do some some other work with some other patients or they're charting and stuff like that. So pumps will increase the throughput, which allows you to nurses more time to get other things done, as well as get patient satisfaction. And your return on investment is that fact you can see an extra patient or two and patients will repeat coming back. They're going to like that they're on schedule. So they're not going to the bigger hospitals, et cetera. So those are how type of things we would discuss with the uh, infusion manager, business practice, or the physician, whatever. But that's one of the biggest things. You know, we can get into safety of the pumps. You know, occlusions happen. Pumps will alarm for that. Where with gravity and dial flows and all that, you just never know those things are going on. So you run into some issues with clotting, which, you know, you got to flush the line. Again, taking more time. So if you're not catching those things right up front, that patient requires more time. They're in the chair longer. You can't see the other patients. 
they get backed up because they're waiting for the next step of the therapy or to be DC'd, et cetera. So those are some of the, again, factors that we would, we would discuss. So, well, and another, it seems like another big bit. So you've got the benefit, uh, well, you've got the pain point of a very cumbersome workflow for the infusion nurse having to address these different issues. Whereas with the pump, it's more streamlined and automated than once you get the patient set up. But it seems like another, uh, Another pain point is you've got an infusion nurse with if you've got high volume in those chairs and those chairs are turning over with patients, you have dramatically increased the complexity of the infusion nurse's workflow because now the nurse is having to address different people at different stages of the process and having to, like you said, manually go go address all these issues. Whereas with a pump, you're simplifying the process. And I think that's one of the main roles of any anybody who leads any kind of business, whether it's an ambulatory infusion center or whatever business, you're, one of your key functions as a leader is to simplify. You've got to simplify the process because if that nurse's stress level increases, you're automatically going to get a, a reduction in patient care. You're going to get a poor patient experience if the nurse is running around like crazy. Um, so, what about and after, cost? Oh, go ahead. I would say, and one of the things too, it's not just about the patient. If we can keep the patient on schedule, the nurse gets done at, at the end of the day. She's not having to stay after, do the charting because she didn't have a chance to do the charting. She gets to go home at five o'clock and enjoy some family life too. So having been a former clinician uh, when I was in nuclear medicine and I was chief of cardiology medicine, you know, I, I had to take the call or, you know, the patients are over there for an extra hour or two because we had some issues and we didn't get to them. So you'd believe instead of an eight hour day, you're putting nine, 10 hours in by the time you get home. It's kind of, it's very tough. So we consider the nurse in all of this. So anyway, I just Absolutely. wanted to say it wasn't just the patient. We consider pumps will consider, take the nurses into account. So yep. anyway, you were going to lead into another question. Yeah. And so, the, and that's one of the things, you know, we always discuss that we infuse is, we, with the infusion nurses note in our system, the nurse, it makes the nurses charting very specific, but also very fast and easy. And we get a lot of feedback from different infusion practices where the nurses are just singing our praises saying, you've reduced the amount of time we spend charting dramatically. There's even a large infusion practice in Birmingham, Alabama, that uh, we took off about two hours a day at the end of the day for the infusion nurses, because the current process they had was was uh, so lengthy. And so it seems like you guys are really in line with that. You're just, you're making things easier, faster, and uh, just more streamlined. So what about the, from a cost perspective, I know I've talked with one of your reps in Texas and he gave some case studies on cost savings, but I think, like you said, some people think, oh, this is a capital expenditure, but really long-term you save costs, you reduce costs, you save them money. So let's talk about that. How does that, how does that work long-term? Long term, and again, I'm familiar with the Xeno pumps. I'm most familiar, I should say, with the Xeno pumps. These are the Timexes of the industry. They, we've got some when they first started 15 years ago. They're still in the field. Uh, they just keep on pumping away. So it's not like you're going to have to replace these pumps in three to five years. They're just going to keep on going. You can amortize them over, you know, for your cost depending on your your cost basis. But there's a point in time where okay, they might need updating. Well, our pumps can be updated um, manually for these types. Um, we have wireless ones also, but they can be updated with new software and changes during the preventive maintenance process. 
And the cost, you know, you have leasing, you have rentals, you have just straight up purchasing of these pumps, and you can finance those purchases. So their cost really is when you think of a pump that's going to last 10 or 15 years, really becomes quite minimal on it. And then we get into the supplies. Our supplies are very reasonably cost. And it depends on the complexity of, your, of what you're administering. Do you need a filter? Do you not need a filter? It's the same thing as that you would have with a gravity set. And But, you know, you've got a pump uh, pump that's, uh, that has a pumping chamber. So you do have to have elastic or a type of PVC that will fit in that, which costs a little bit more. But in the overall scheme of the cost of drugs, the cost of the overhead, nursing, administration, these are just slight, slight, you know, cost. I mean, it's almost like a rounding error per se. Um, so the cost isn't that prohibitive to, to acquire a pump and use a pump compared to what they're doing out there. You know, a dial flow costs some money. And even gravity, if you're using gravity, and I do see that a lot, um, has, a fair, has a cost associated with it. But with pump set, there's some technology behind it, but you basically have a IV bag, spike, part that goes in the pumping chamber, and distal end. Now, if you want to add, you know, Y sites for injections and piggybacks and things like that, you know, you're adding cost. But you'd have to add that same cost on any other any other type of set. So, in the overall scheme, we're not really that much more expensive for an IV set. Now, some pumps, you know, get a little bit fancier in the drip chamber. I'm sorry, drip chambers, but the part that goes in the pump, the pumping chambers, and there is more cost. But that's one of the things we decided at Zeno that we want to make this very affordable. We want to pump that last. The biggest, you know, having the biomed side of it again, we'll go into that, is our pumps have a, a metal door on it versus a plastic door, a metal handle. And that's always a breaking point on pumps. Pumps, when you lift up the plastic handle, open the door, you know, just, you know, hundreds of times in a, in, in a month, um, you know, they break. That's really the way it is. But we designed ours with metal, metal handle, metal door. We don't put any electronics at all in the door whatsoever so if the door breaks which doesn't happen um but by some odd reason there's no um electrical or uh you know pump sensors et cetera, et cetera, built into that so we don't have that extra repair cost involved in it so again we're, we're the timex we're the workhorse of the industry but these pumps will last and keep on working minimal upkeep you know preventive maintenance for your protocols or for, you know for your uh, institution there and we're good to go so I think that answer, I hope that answered your question. No, that's great. I mean, you guys really, like you said, the workhorse of the industry, you know, I'm a truck guy. I've had trucks for years and I, you know, Toyota is not paying me to say this, but I love my Toyota Tundra. I'm on my second one. My wife has had multiple Toyota 4Runners. And I had a friend call me a few weeks ago and say, hey, do you, do you recommend a good uh, mechanic nearby in the area we live in Dallas? And I said, well, I got to tell you, I've never been to a mechanic. In 10 years, I have not been to a mechanic a single time. All I've had to do is uh, replace one battery. But we've had no issues with our vehicles. We do the scheduled maintenance. And that's what happens when you have a Toyota Tundra. I mean, it's just a bulletproof truck. And I feel like the Zeno pump, you guys have put some real thought and strategy into even the way the pump is designed, like you mentioned with the metal door. And I think another thing is the the way that the pump is angled. So let, let's talk about that from a design standpoint. Yeah, I mean, we designed our pumps with nurses' input and clinicians' input. Everybody says that. I mean, let's just face it. Everybody says, oh, yeah, we took, we did that. But we have what we call a minimum viable. So we make a 
pump or whatever, you know, we have different things. Again, we go into different things that we manufacture. We take the pump, minimum viable, beta test it out there, take the input, bring it back and change it. So one of the things where, you know, nurses have to drop down to see it or it's too high up on the pole, too low on the pole, nurses short, nurses tall. By turning it at 45 degrees, it just makes it so much easier. That's, that's just, you know, it's like, wow, why didn't I think of that? And it's the same thing with the light that we have that signals there's an issue with the pump or end of infusion. They can see that, uh, you know, we have some huge clinics that are, you know, almost like L-shaped and they'll have 20, 30, 40 chairs. In fact, some of them, you know, we have 90 chairs. They hear, you know, pumps are beeping as they're being programmed. Pumps are beeping as there's occlusion. Pumps are beeping because they're ending. It's like, well, who's what, where? Where if they see the light flashing, they can zero in right on that pump real quick. It's just, again, simple things like why didn't you know why didn't anybody else think of that so we've done that same way with our pumps being kind of very very intuitive it was all due to nurses input so uh, we really did listen we did make changes again starting out minimum viable get the feedback make the changes send it back out get the feedback make the changes so we've evolved with our pump over the years but having said that we have the pumps that are 10 15 years old that have have software updates because again ours are upgradable that way Nurses just love them the way they are. Said, no, nah, we're fine. We're just going to stay with these. So the pumps have evolved, but we still see a lot of the very first original ones that are out there. But um, we we owe a lot of it to the clinicians and business practice people that are out there. Uh, they gave us the input. They list, they showed us what they needed, and we responded accordingly. So it's a it's a partnership. I mean, that's how you that's how you uh, develop the relationship. How you make changes and everybody's happy. We're making a great product. They're happy. They're seeing what they wanted to see in the product works out well for all parties involved. So, Absolutely. And, and that's the way, you know, changes get brought up, got brought about and we infuse over the last couple of years as well. You know, you hear the same things that your customers want over and over again. And it's like, okay, let's, let's push this to the top of the list for the software development team. And when you do that, you know, for you guys with Xeno Solutions, when you do that, you really do start to set yourself apart from the competition in unique ways. And you guys have clearly done that. So let's, let's address another thing that we hear often at We Infuse is the infusion nurses. Maybe they've been an infusion nurse for 10, 15, 20 years. They have done something a specific way and it works and it's not a pump. All right. So the infusion, whether it's the practice manager or the owner of the infusion center, they're thinking I've got some solid infusion nurses. They know what they're doing. Now I'm going to come in and say, we're about to change the way you do things. So how do you, and I know you guys hear that as well. How do you address that? You know, that source of stress to come in and say, Hey, look, it's actually not that complicated. Here's our training process and, and what have you. Yeah. Well, again, some of the input, our pumps are very intuitive. We put in at uh, one large institution over 3000 pumps. We did not even have a rep go in. They just, picked it up immediately themselves uh we sent them a you know dvds and that but it was so intuitive they said this is there's nothing to that so you know if you're going to a nurse that's had that first off you know again because they don't have that structured pump throughput they're running behind they're tired at the end of the day they don't want to say oh god something else i need to learn so what we do is we'll come in do a demo and we'll let them have a pump for a day and see what, how easy it is. And, you know, we'll work with them side by side. And once they see how easy it is and how it really helps them through the day and they're charting everything, uh, 
pretty much sells itself. Um, that's what we have found. It's just, it's not an intrusion. It's just having the nurse having the time to actually sit down with us because without a pump in the institution, they are just running ragged. So, um, you know, just simple, simple demo, let them play with it, let them have it, let them try it for a day or two and, you know, see the results. I think most nurses will, are very glad to see what, what's progressing out there. So. I think so, too, especially when you can see and, and get that demo in person and see how it can say really just save you time, make your make your job easier and make it easier for you to to administer great patient care. Who wouldn't want that? And um, obviously, there's a there's a clear ROI from a call standpoint long term. And you guys have a solid, solid piece of equipment. And so what would you say are one of the things that you guys address that that maybe I haven't asked about or you haven't mentioned from from a decision standpoint that you would want to add to this that, you know, a pain point or maybe a, a hesitation that a potential customer may have? Well, you know, everybody's, you know, the nursing society recommends pumps, free flow devices, et cetera. Our original pumps never had free flow protection in it. Then nursing society, I think it was the ONS society came along and said, we need free flow protection. So we've added that into our into our devices. Um, it really, I guess, the pain points really are. It depends on you know. Again, I'm sorry, I don't mean to kind of backtrack a little bit, but if it's an oncology unit with drug dispensing unit, uh, depending which ones they have, they're trying to do stop and start times to chart all that. I see when I go to a place that doesn't have integration, I see sticky notes everywhere where they're trying to put the uh, start and stop times and down down where we've developed a, a wireless system that will, again, go from the drug dispensing machine, tell, tells the pump what's there. You have to choose it. We don't pre-program the pump. And then when the start and stop times are fed automatically to the EMR system. So those type of things make it so much larger. It's not economical for a small, you know, five, seven chair place, but uh, seven chair clinic. But when you start getting 20, 30 pumps, it becomes very economical. And that was always a pain point. When you start getting that many patients trying to chart all the stop, stop and start times and who's starting it and who's stopping it, or if there's an interruption, interruption from an anaphylactic reaction or something, trying to keep track of all that. So we actually do track track that. But again, it depends on, you know, we're only integrated with several different EMR systems at this point in time. And we keep adding them as we go along. You know, it's just we try to make life easier for the nurse. And that's the whole thing behind it. So as we get more and more data out there and we have over gosh, 40 some thousand pumps out there right now. So we, I think we've got most of the input, but we're always opening to changing things. We just changed something for a major oncology center uh, down South because they said we would like to see X. So we did X because the pumps are programmable through software, things like that. Um, I think that pretty much would answer the question. Same. No, that's good. And so, yeah, with 40,000 pumps, I'm sure you get you get plenty of feedback and you hear the same things over and over again. And so with your with your experience in the industry and the 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 roles that you've had in different organizations, what's the best advice you can give to somebody that it has, you know, they they've got their infusion practice, they're trying to grow it, Maybe they've even started some pumps just from a, I'd like to get your advice from a business perspective and also just your advice as far as just having a great culture and even a clinical perspective on, on using pumps and growing the business. But, but first, 
just with your, what you've experienced, what would you, what's the best advice you could give to somebody that's maybe they've, they've only been doing this for a year or two and they, they really want to do this well long-term. Well, one of the things I, I saw uh, very predominantly back when infusion clinics had been open for a while, and this goes back to my billing experience, we would see that there were a lot of billing errors um, due with the changeover or changing regulations and that. So you need a billing expert to kind of look at what you're billing and how you're billing, because let's face it, it's revenue is what's keeping you open. Um, we had a physician, an infectious disease physician who said, oh, my billers are great. And they were very conscientious people. But we found, um, I forget the drug, I want to say it wasn't ampicillin, but something along those lines where they were billing for one gram for every infusion and patients were receiving three and four grams. So they were losing out three or four, you know, 75, 100% of revenue because they were not billing it correctly. So once we pointed that out, he had us look further and further into it. We found a lot of those type of errors. It's just the way the previous person had set it up and that's the way the you know, following people had done. So you have to keep that revenue flowing and part of keeping the revenue flowing is your billing. So from the business point of view, that's one of the major things. Number two is the culture. You want happy, friendly nurses. And again, back to the thing of getting them home on time. So they have a, a great working environment. Patients like to know they're going to come in at nine o'clock and get started at 930. They're done by 1030 and they're on their way. So again, that's where pumps come in, creates a happy environment. You know, I hate to say it this way. My wife's always saying happy, happy wife, happy life happy patients, happy nurses. <laughs> Just makes it easy. Let's face it. Nurses are in there to take care of patients. They want to see happy patients. They want to see results. And, you know, our pumps help provide that type of environment for them. How can people get in touch with you? I mean, obviously there's a lot that Xeno Solutions offers and you guys have such a great reputation in the marketplace, which is why we've kind of partnered with you strategically at We Infuse. What, uh, what's the best thing people can do to connect with you guys? Well, I think the best thing is because they're part of the We Infuse family is just get a hold of We Infuse. You just ask, hey, we're interested in pumps. We Infuse calls me up directly and says, hey, can you take care of these people? So I find where they're located. I assign it to a, a rep and then that rep takes it, takes care of them. So, I mean, you know, we have a website, xenosolutions.com, and that's a nice thing. But, you know, to get the actual personal feel touching, touching feeling is, you know, just go through, we infuse Reese and Brian, send me an email and then we get the ball rolling and put the rep in contact. Uh, it just seems like a, a very good system works very well for everybody. Um, plus it gives, we infuse a chance to talk to them and say, Hey, here's our collaboration. Here's what we recommend. Um, I'm going to put you in touch with Xeno solutions. And then it goes directly to me and I take it to the rep. And I always let the person that's contacting me know, hey, here's the contact information for the rep, but I'm including them on our emails. And just it's a system that seems to have been work. And I haven't had any complaints about it whatsoever. So it starts with We Infuse. They're a great organization and, you know, they care for their customers. That's good. Well, Steve Watkins, Executive VP with Xeno Solutions. Thank you so much for being on the show. 
All right. Great interview with Steve Watkins. I love what he said when he talked about just really making the nurse's life better and consequently the patient's life better and really just reducing the number of steps in the process through using pumps. And I really like what he highlighted about the differences in pumps, everything from the metal door to the light on top to the 45 degree angle. So I hope you guys got a lot out of it. If you did, you can, if you want to learn more, you can reach out to somebody at We Infuse to learn more about kind of the whole ecosystem we have for you if you run an infusion practice. And if you haven't done so already, you owe it to yourself to test drive our WeInfuse software. It is the absolute best software solution for the Infusion Center. And we host webinars uh, called Test Drive Tuesdays. And you can also just reach out to one of our account executives and just do a demo of the software. You will be blown away by how the software can save you time, save you money, and simplify a very cumbersome workflow and make it manageable and get a grip on that practice the way you want to. All right, guys, this is Dylan McCabe with the We Infuse podcast, and I will catch you in the next episode. 